guys, it's Whitney Putnam, your host of A Big Happy Life. Listen, I'm so glad that you are taking a minute to discover the abundant life that Jesus promised you. I'm so glad that you're carving out that space. Thanks for joining me. We are in the middle of a mini series about leadership. Just a few weeks ago, I sat down with a young darling 20-something and we talked about leadership. She told me how she felt called to lead in ministry specifically. She shared how so many have championed and encouraged her in her dreams. Her eyes literally lit up in that coffee shop as she told me that we are all leaders for God's glory and the good of others. This young, beautiful 20-something. I looked at her and I just thought, dang, this girlfriend is smart and I sure do wish I would have had more of that when I was a young 20-something. Like I said, we are talking about leadership in this short mini-series on A Big Happy Life because I know that many of us may not feel supported or invited to be a leader, but I'm here to tell you that you can still be a leader that others want to follow. You can be a woman that others want to follow. You can be a man that others want to to follow. For five weeks, instead of having these healthy conversations that we typically have here on this podcast, hearing their stories about abundant life, we are actually looking at what it takes to become leaders that others want to follow. And here's why this is important in this context of a big happy life, because a happy, a big happy life is a life abounding in Jesus and in his habits. A big happy life is discovering who you are and what you are called to do. Jesus was a leader. In fact, many would argue those that believe in him and don't, he actually is one of the most influential leaders that our, this globe has ever known, realizing and recognizing that his message is still profoundly impacting people 2,000 years later. Since Jesus was such a leader, therefore his followers, all of them, get to be leaders as well. In fact, the very best leaders should be those who sit as Jesus' students. So here in this mini-series, we are going to learn from Jesus himself. For five weeks, we are looking at five different B's of leadership so that we can become leaders that others want to follow. And the reason is this, because we get to make Jesus famous. Hey, I do want to just drop this in here. We just wrapped up a big happy life workshop. It was insanely amazing. Women were leaving the workshop in their hands with a mission statement for their life. They were energized. They were ensured that they have giftings to bring to the world. And they are now living out in their neighborhoods and in their communities, creating space to make impact using their gifts for God's glory. It is so fun. I know that so many of us couldn't come because we don't live in Kansas City. However, we are going to be launching a course of a big discovering your big happy life in January. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, back to the bees that we are actually going to be building so that we can become better leaders, leaders that better reflect our maker, Jesus. Um, last week, we looked at building our language. 
If you want to go and check out that episode, you can. It's episode 30. And this week, we are going to be looking at building our gifts. So here's the thing. Building our gifts. There's three things that I want us to take from this episode, okay? After this episode, I want you to, one, be able to state what you are good at. I want you to be able to say out loud, I am good at fill in the blank. And I want you to be able to say in all authority, not confusing, not confusing what you are good at with humility. And we're going to talk about that a little bit further. The second thing is I want you to understand the importance of creating pockets of energy to invest your gifts. So I want you to realize the importance of creating pockets of energy. That keyword there is energy to invest your gifts. And the third is this, outline boundaries to use your gifts. The keyword there is boundaries to use your gifts. Now, I want to talk about gifts and the difference between knowing and understanding our gifts and humility. Many of us have been trained that we cannot say out loud what it is we're good at or else someone's going to look at us and say, oh my goodness, she sure does think that she's something. She sure does think that she is something else, right? I mean, many of us have maybe even said that or thought that about someone has owned or lived into their giftings. Now, obviously this goes out without saying, I'm not saying leave your house and wear a button that says I'm good at. What I am trying to get at is you recognizing that the God of the universe has given you God-given potential to go out and change the world. When we hide that, that is actually hiding the very thing that God has given, given us and a disservice to God. I actually stumbled across this um, little passage in the book, the, the classic book, The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis that are like, yeah, Whitney, prove it. Prove it that me knowing my gifts doesn't make me a prideful, prideful human. Well, if you're familiar with the book, The Screwtape Letters, it is one of C.S. Lewis' classic pieces, and it is actually the correspondence between two, let's say, devils or evil spirits, okay? People that can get in and mess inside of um, individuals' minds or brains so that they don't follow the good, good father of Jesus Christ. So in one of these letters that one evil spirit is speaking to another, they are talking about how they don't want humans to recognize that the God of the universe gifted us with good things to go out and change the world. I'm going to read you part of this letter because I think it is so fascinating. So just take a deep breath and let this letter between two evil spirits sit inside of your mind. It says this, from one evil spirit to another, you evil spirit, you must conceal from the patient, that would be you and I, the true end of humility. Let the patient think of it not as self-forgetfulness, but as a certain kind of low opinion of her talents and character. Yeah, some talents I gather she really has, but fix it in her mind. The idea that humility consists in trying to believe those talents are less 
valuable than she believes them to be. No doubt they are, in fact, less valuable than she believes, but that's not the point. The great thing is to make her value and opinion for some quality other than the truth, thus introducing an element of dishonesty and make-believe into the heart of what otherwise threatens to become a virtue. By this method, thousands of humans have been brought to think that humility means this. This is so good, you guys. Humility means pretty women trying to believe they are ugly and clever men trying to believe they are fools. Now, I don't know if I've necessarily been thinking, gosh, I sure am pretty. I better look ugly. But I have certainly had thoughts inside of my head, friends, of, goodness, I wish I didn't have this gift because what if somebody thinks that about me? Gosh, I wish I wasn't this kind of a leader because what if somebody thinks that of me? Gosh, I sure do wish I didn't have this gift because what if somebody thinks that of me? And so therefore I try to make my giftings less than because I have picked it up as part of a virtue. And what this book is showing is that that is enemy territory. They want to take our giftings and help us see them as less than. Now, what now the evil spirits say to each other is so incredible. Now they're going to say, this is what our good father wants for us. They call him our enemy, but he, or they call him their enemy, but he is our good father. This is what our good father says about us. The enemy, the good father wants to bring the woman to a state of mind in which she could design the best cathedral in the world and know it to the, be the best and rejoice in the fact without being any more or any less otherwise glad at having done it than she would be if it had been done by another. The enemy wants her in the end to be so free from any bias in her own favor that she can rejoice in her own talents as frankly and gratefully as in her neighbor's talents. You guys, what that little innuendo between those two evil spirits is saying, gosh, we could go out and build cathedrals, build cities, build communities, teach, lead, give, open our homes for the sake and the purity of doing it and rejoicing in our giftings because it advanced the good of the kingdom of God. Therefore, it is not humility to not know what it is you're good at. That is foolishness if we can't state what it is that we are good at. Now, I have to share with you just briefly my story, and then I'm going to share a bit of Jesus' story. For me, how this happened, growing up, how I started confusing humility with understanding my gifts, using my gifts, building my gifts for the kingdom of God. I grew up and I grew up in an amazing home. My dad literally told me that I could be the president of the United States of America. And I think at one point I wanted to be, which is funny. I just had this, these crystal eyes that the world was my oyster. And then like most young girls, you start getting out into the world and you know, you start, you're bombarded with life and new obstacles and hard 
things. And unfortunately, one of the hard things that I was faced with was a subculture of Western Christianity in which I, as a woman, didn't know where I fit. I knew I grew up in a home where I actually did understand my giftings. I wanted to go out there and advance the good of Jesus Christ in the world. I really was excited and I felt very encouraged to do so. And then I hit this subculture of Western Christian, um, Western Christianity, and I didn't know where I fit as a woman leader. And this may have happened to you in Western Christianity. This might have happened to you within a cultural context of your organization or your company. Maybe it is um, there is no place for you there. Um, this might have happened in many other places. Maybe it happened in a mom group or some kind of community group where you were not accepted as the person that you were. And so therefore, what tends to happen when we maybe even know and understand our gifts, but our gifts aren't received, we tend to maybe fight for a little bit for those gifts to be seen and noticed and recognized. But then if they aren't, we tend to begin to retreat and we experience what is called shame. Shame, we don't necessarily walk around saying, I feel shame. But what shame is doing in the back of our minds, it, it is creating tracks in our cognitive thinking saying, gosh, I must not be good at that. That must not be my gifting. You were wrong. And then we retreat and start thinking. The worst case scenario is that you begin thinking, well, I must be bad. My things that I bring to the world are bad. That's very cognitive thinking. We may not be saying that out loud, but it is important. So that's my story. I grew up knowing I wanted to bring my gifts into the world, very championed by my parents. I hit this subculture of Western Christianity, not knowing where I fit as a woman leader. And then I fought for a little while because I wanted to bring my gifts to the table. I wanted to advance good. But when it was still hit with a lot of obstacles, I just began to retreat. Now, listen, what I want to say to that, Jesus has some very pointed words about that. It really becomes not about using my gifts for any subculture of anything, but using my gifts for Christ, my King. And what I want us to say, see here is God gave men and women gifts to use in the world. God gave men and women, God made men and women in his image. And God historically used men and women in the Old Testament and New Testament to advance the kingdom of God, to bring heaven to earth. So whether you are a man or a woman, what I want you to hear is that you have been given gifts to advance the kingdom of God. It is not actually our job to fit into a subculture. It is our job to use our gifts to advance the good kingdom of heaven. Here's what God has to say about using our gifts. This is a parable that he shares. It says this, it's also um, like a man going off on an extended trip. This man calls together his servants and delegates the responsibilities. To one, he gives $5,000. To another, 2000 To a third, 1000 Depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. 
The second did the same, but the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed him how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work, you did your job well. From now on, come be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid that I would disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers, for at least I would have gotten a little bit of interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risks the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb, throw him into utter darkness. What I hope you hear from that parable that Jesus said is that he is serious about us using our giftings. He is serious about us advancing the kingdom of God. He puts you within your boundary lines, your community in this year, 2020, so that you would bring your giftings to the table. So let's go back to our main points. One, I want you to be able to leave this episode and state what you are good at. Two, I want you to be able to create pockets of energy to invest your giftings. And three, I want you to outline boundaries to use your gifts. So point one, some here's some practical thinking for you to get, get your mind wrapped around building your gifts. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What makes you come alive? What do you think about? What do you get excited about? Here's a way to actually think about this. Maybe take some time to think about what you liked to do. What did you like to do yesterday? What filled your cup? What lit you up inside? What did you like to do last week? Was there something last week that felt so life-giving to you? What was that? What actually made you excited last month that you planned for, prepared for, prayed for? What happened in the last year that is still something that is ringing out to you from that calendar year? That and those things are the things that make you come alive. Those are your giftings, the things that make your heart sing. We have been so trained. In unfortunately, Christianity to think that, gosh, if it brought any sense of pleasure, it must be bad. And I would argue the exact opposite, that God gifted you in those ways that make your heart sing so that you might move forward and go do that. So some of those things, some of those things that you might have said, you might have said, you know, Whitney, I really, I really like to make trail mix. <laughs> My mom, she loved to make trail mix. And don't you know? that at her funeral, I had people coming up to me and they said, your mom made me trail mix the day that we are going on a road trip. And I still think of that to this day. And it makes my heart so happy. 
So maybe it was making trail mix for a neighbor. Maybe it was having coffee with a friend. Maybe it was staring at a spreadsheet and making some sense of numbers. Whatever it was, maybe it was working out with a friend. I don't know what it could have been. In fact, it has to be something that you, that God put inside of you. But, the, but what I don't want you to do right here is to discount it because you might feel pleasure from it. This is so interesting. Olympic gold medalist, Eric, Eric Lydell, he says this, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. That's like us understanding, being able to say, you know what? I understand my giftings. I do feel great pleasure from it. And I want to use them to advance the kingdom of God. So what is your gifting? Are you a teacher? Are you administrative? Are you excellent at organizing? What is it? It is valuable and it can be used to advance the kingdom of God. The second point is, I want you to be able to create pockets of time where you can pour, pour out your energy into your giftings. The reason that I want to say the word energy and not just prioritize is because oftentimes our priorities aren't necessarily right. What I want you to think is, when do I have the best energy? When do I have the best sense of myself? And that is when I want to really advance the kingdom of God using my giftings. So practically what this means for me is I'm a morning person. I love being able to get done all my creative content, everything that I'm creating, writing, speaking, material. I want to be able to pour out my best energy for that, which for me is in the morning. I create my schedule around that, my calendar around that. And I actually make sure that that, so my energy that then becomes my priority. So I put my giftings inside that time where my energy is the highest so I can bring my best to God. So for you, this might be the mornings. It might be the evenings. It might be a certain day. It might be whatever it is. But what I want you to realize and recognize is where is your energy the best? And then I want you to pour your giftings for advancing the kingdom of God into that window. Third thing, and, and it shouldn't be the last thing. Your energy, your giftings, these are the things that become the priorities of our life. Point three, and this one is probably the absolute hardest. It's creating boundaries so that we can continue to use our gifts. Here is something that I am sure has happened to you. You woke up with the greatest of intentions to go out and use your gifts and advance the kingdom of God and something else came your way and then something else and then something else. And pretty soon that hour window that you had created to make that trail mix, have that coffee date, teach, administer, whatever has now been pushed to the side because of someone else's emergency. My friends, what I want to say to you is create a boundary around the giftings that God has given you to advance the kingdom of God. Obviously, this goes without saying, this is not a one size fits all scenario. There are emergencies that occasionally we have to tend to. But what is maybe the greater emergency is that you have allowed others emergencies to actually snuff out your own giftings 
for the kingdom of God. And it's time to reclaim that and create space for it, provide energy around it and advance God's glory. So create boundaries. If you are not familiar with the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud, I highly recommend it so that you might recognize the importance of being on mission and creating boundaries around that. Friends, one more time, I want you to be able to leave this episode stating what you're good at, creating pockets of energy to possess and outline boundaries to use your gifts. Thanks so much for joining me, for helping us build our talents so that we can go out and advance the kingdom of God. Listen, I hope that you gained something from this. If you did, if this was valuable to you, would you take one minute to review this podcast? That is so helpful. And then also, if you felt like this might actually help some that you are in leadership with, on a team with, in a community with, would you share this episode? We love seeing Big Happy Life episodes on social media. Share it and make sure to tag me so that I can respond and I can engage with you. I would just absolutely love that. And as always, it makes it takes a team to make the dream work. So thank you, Sandra Houseman Design and Free Thomason Productions. You guys, I hope that you get out there and you pursue your big happy life and build all the talents that God has given you to give God much glory. Go and have an abundant, big, happy day.